Wildfires are continuing to burn their way through the U.S. West Coast, killing over 30 people and forcing tens of thousands from their homes. Millions of acres in California, Oregon, and elsewhere in the western United States have been destroyed due to what experts say are the region's worst wildfires in 18 years, many of them blaming climate change as the cause. The U.S. President Donald Trump rejects that claim and instead says that poor forest management is the culprit. To give us some further analysis, we have joining us from the College of Forestry at Oregon State University, Professor Daniel Lovell on the line. Hello. Hi. uh, Thank you for this opportunity. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Could you describe the situation in the West Coast, including uh, where you're located in Oregon, how how bad the situation and how the wildfires have been affecting uh, both the area, the people, residents, and the containment efforts? Uh, Yes. Uh, fires in the west, um, California, the, the further south, the drier it is, mm. the more active the fires are burning. I'm in the central western part of the state of Oregon now, considered the west side uh, where the university is. Oregon State University is in Corvallis on the western side of the Cascade Mountain Range which is normally fed by moist maritime winds coming off the Pacific Ocean going eastward. Well, that all changed about two weeks ago when we had um, a very hot, dry, southeasterly wind come through, hit fires that were already going on the Cascade Range, and bring a hot, dry, windy weather system into the west side, Mm. uh, creating um, the perfect uh, combination for all of these fires to occur. Uh, Half a million people evacuated, million acres burned. And the other problem with that is on the west side, especially in the Willamette Valley where I'm at now, is where the majority of the population is for the entire state of Oregon. Uh, being from California myself originally, uh, wildfires are sort of a, a yearly kind of part of our lives that you have to deal with. But even me, from my vantage point here in Korea, shocked to see uh, some of the pictures uh, in terms of the, the scale of these wildfires, including some of these iconic images uh, with the, the Golden Gate Bridge and the backdrop and all, yeah. all of what we're yeah. seeing here. Um, it, it's shocking for a lot of us, but... Uh, Apparently, experts, including yourself, say that you knew this or you saw this coming uh, for years. What do you think are some of the major factors that have led to what looks like almost an unprecedented event? It's a combination of factors, really. Not one is exclusively to blame. Uh, I started fire, I started studying fire behavior models in 1973 and was an active participant on wildland fires every fire season from 1978 to 2012. Mm. During that span of time, uh, serving on fires from Florida to Alaska all across the country, it has, the, the weather is drier. The weather is hotter uh, from the time I started in 78 to now. And when you look at weather temperature readings from the 1880s when we started collecting those readings to the current year, 140 years, the last six years have been the hottest on that record 
of 140 years of records. I started noticing a change on the fire line in the mid-90s. Mm. In 1994, in fact, it was getting somewhat harder to put fires out and to deal with fires. And that just got worse and worse and worse over the years. And in the, in the 2000s, it was getting very difficult to put fires out. Fires were starting earlier in the year. They were lasting longer in the year. The combination of high-severity red flag days occurred more often throughout the year than they ever did before. So you have all of that. The other change that's occurred making these really difficult and impactful are that more people have moved into the state. More, right. There are more people building more, a greater density of homes in more remote areas than ever before. And these homes have changed to burn 10 times hotter and eight times faster than they, than they were 20 to 30 years ago mm. based on the, the materials they're built with. So you have a combination. You have the weather. You have 100 years of fire suppression. I mean, we were very good at putting fires out. We right. put out 98% of all fire starts. So all the fires you're seeing up and down the West Coast right now are the 2% that got away. Yeah. So 100 years of that has enabled a buildup of biomass in the forest, mm. in, in almost every vegetation type that had fire more frequently in the past. So it's a combination. It's a, it's a web of right. all of those factors together, and then that created the season we're having now. So if we all, um, let's say, agree with the premise that uh, climate change is involved, it's not just a simple matter of raking the leaves, like uh, Trump has apparently said in terms of forest management, what do you think that in the long term, this is the new normal, what is the best way to respond to these growing threats uh, on a yearly basis and hopefully try to mitigate the situation? To me, it's exactly that. We need to mitigate. To me, the best solution, and, and I have no doubt this will be recurring, you know, the, the conditions, weather, climate, heat, wind, temperature, humidity is, I don't believe, is going to get better based on a trend of 140 years. More people are going to move in. Mm. It, it, the, the best way to deal with this is to put the money, time, energy, and resources up front in preventative measures, in mitigation measures, uh, reduce fuels, um, look out for, understand the fire as a hazard, what it will do, when it will do it, and put in um, reduced fuels while still managing for forest health, wildlife habitat, and uh, ecosystem health, watershed health, but reduce fuels accordingly, you can actually achieve all those objectives simultaneously and um, prepare have a pre-plan, have uh, encourage people to put in evacuation plans and, and uh, put home defense zones around their building mm. and prune and reduce fuel. It's not to say you need to pave everything or pick up every single I, iota stick of fuel. It, you don't need to do that. Right. You, but you can be conscientious 
and reduce fuels, and in the forest, reduce fuels to the extent of the productive capability of that forest to produce the number of trees that's conducive to that productive capability. And that will reduce the risk. I hope that uh, future administrations as well as state governments uh, take that advice to heart. Uh, We're going to leave it there, Professor, but thank you very much for joining us and uh, helping us understand the situation better. And thank you for the opportunity, and everyone stay safe and healthy out there. Thank you. That was Professor Daniel Lovell from the uh, College of Forestry at Oregon State University.